Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, the crappy quiz and a slight tangent. That's being a football hipster, isn't it? Making up kind of weird names. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. The Women's Six Nation Show on Off the Ball. With Vodafone, a proud supporter of the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. You're all very welcome along to the Women's Six Nation show here on Off The Ball. This Saturday, Ireland face England in Musgrave Park at 2.15pm. And I'm delighted to be joined by former Ireland international Fiona Hayes. How's things, Fiona? Good, Ashleen. How are you? Good. Now, not too bad. And also the founder of Scrum Queens, Ali Donnelly. How are you, Ali? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you with us. We might start by looking at last weekend's game. Ireland faced Italy. It finished Ireland 7, Italy 24. Fiona, what was your immediate feeling after the game? What did you make of that Irish performance? Yeah, look, I thought it improved in some areas. I was um, I was impressed with the scrum at times, um, especially off the back of that France game as well. They had improved in, in that area. I think they're, the front row are starting to click at, at scrum time. Um, I suppose one area, and they can look at it like a lot, I would hope, going into the week uh, against England, is the line-out probably wasn't up to scratch um, went to Nicola Friday a lot, Ashley, which I didn't understand because even when Brittany Hogan came on, I know she's quite good in the air. I, I was just wondering, obviously the, the Italians done their homework and they were marked out of it, but I think there'll have to be a bigger variety there against England. And it almost came to the stage where they didn't even want to go down the line because their line, it wasn't functioning. And look, such improvement in um, mindset. I thought that the girls were aggressive coming up in the line at times but another area they'll have a little bit work on this week especially if against England is if they get inside that 22 they're going to have to be far more clinical way too many errors um, just at when when there's a line speed coming at them inside in that area after two three four phases I think that they start to panic and get very narrow and everything they, they're doing so I, I, I feel like there's a couple of areas we might see a big difference against England obviously that's if they get the ball against England actually yeah I know a very tough game to come but as you said Fiona there was problems with the line out but some positive performances throughout you know and that was nice to see Ali for you what did you make of it did you see I suppose some some good change from Ireland in this game yeah we we improved a bit but we also played a team that wasn't as good as the team we played before so it's, I think it's hard to assess really how, how much better some areas were I agree the scrum was good line out malfunctioned a bit I actually found this the most frustrating game of all so far and that's because I think we you know we we did put ourselves in positions to score so we you know we were good enough to be able to do that we we, we found ourselves in time and space but not good enough to convert it and, and I think you know I've been talking about our defence all, all um, Six Nations so far because I, I think it's sloppy and I think there are some miss you can you can see you know one of the things about defence defence is arguably you know easier to to coach and easier to kind of um you know bring a system into place with a team that then attack but I, I think there's a miscommunication constantly and same issues we've seen all championship where you know we start really well we push up really hard as you said and then just just you know players not either communicating properly or mismatches emerging and I think you can't win any test game missing 20 28 tackles I think it was we conceded yeah. 16 turnovers so I've, I found it frustrating and I think Fiona's being you know probably more optimistic than me talking about us having chances in the English 22 this weekend don't know about that um, I think you know def- defensively that's what we'll be focused on this week but um, yeah frustrating some positives but Italy are not France so it, it's hard to 
start to really gauge how much better we were. And just on that as well, Ashin and you, Ali, the, the 12 13 channel is kind of an area where there, yeah. where teams are, are finding a lot of change. And obviously, Aoife Dalton is such a great prospect. I'm watching her all season over here, and she's such, um, I won't say very like Lynn Cantwell, but she yeah. had, as a young Lynn Cantwell, she's got that little build and that terror about him. So I, I, I feel like, you know, with the, the new 10 and, and the 12 kind of changing, it's very difficult to get that kind of system right and if they can fix that um area in their game and really know and and kind of get that gelled obviously 13 is the hard one of the hardest channels to defend and we saw it with the men's team when Gary Ring rose out and Bundy switched to 13 in particular the teams were finding massive space there but but like I, I feel like if they can get those connections and build them up um, it, it will definitely improve but then on the other side if, if you're any team going in looking at Ireland you're definitely attacking down that channel Yeah and at the break Ireland only trailed by 7 so we were very much in the game at that point and I think especially after Italy's first half try, I thought they looked more threatening going forward, Ali. Uh, Italy, you mean? No, I thought Ireland actually at that oh, point. Absolutely. I mean, look, we dominated possession. We dominated territory. I think it was 60 plus percent in both those aspects. Mm-hmm. It was just our inability to to be accurate in attack, you know. And Italy, on the other hand, got a couple of chances, that killer one after the half time. And took mm. them. Dick is a very good winger, great finishes, um, and they've got some great backs. I'm sure we'll talk about the coolest customer in, in world rugby, Beatrice Dragoni, in a minute. But <laughs> I think that the difference between the two teams was they had opportunities, they took them, we had multiple, and, and we didn't. And that was a real killer blow. And I think when you've been losing games, which we have, and we fought, you know, Scotland will talk about this as well very eloquently, you know, they're in they're in a losing habit as well. It's hard, mm. I think, once you've just sort of lost a little bit of momentum that you had to then kind of look at each other under the post and and find a way back into the game and we just couldn't. Yeah, Fiona, it must have been very frustrating for Ireland at times. Like they were camped in the Italy half for a period of time. I think it was on about 55 minutes gone and they just couldn't get to that 22 metre line. No, and I think Ali's um, nailed it on the head there with that. It's the the lack of being able to turn it around because mm-hmm. they haven't done that in the past and these players probably haven't felt um, that in like a lot of these guys as well because there's such a difference in the AIL. They, they probably aren't ever behind week in, week out with their clubs. You know what I mean? Because it's it's they're winning these games massively. So it's a characteristic that they'll have to build up in themselves and try and understand to to turn things around because you're you like they had the possession they were there but it was almost like once you're saying about entering the 22 ash but i i felt like once they got inside the 22 everything became narrower there was a, almost like panic set in because they know that the whole ireland's will well a lot of people in ireland are watching and we're with waited breath bit waiting for them to to score a try so you can almost feel the pressure on them especially as the phases go more and more and like it's a horrible thing to say, but looking on some t- at times, I'm thinking, when is there going to happen? And I want them to be able to change my mind a- a- as a viewer and as a supporter, and just think when we're inside in the 22, we're going to be so clinical, mm. and that will come with time. Yeah, that's a good way of explaining it. When I was watching, it did look like panic set in. We're nearly there. We're nearly there, and you know they're like these offloads are going astray. The ball handling, things like that, and yeah, it was just panic. But this is inexperienced players, Ali. They're going to need more and more games at this level in order to be able to up these performances. 
yeah, and and they're they're learning in a very tough arena. You know, Simon Middleton, the England coach, has said a few things I didn't I haven't agreed with the Six Nations, <laughs> but but he said this week something bang on. He said the Six Nations is a very tough playground to learn in if you're not at the top end of the table, and that's exactly what we're finding out. It's it's tough to come in and play. It's going to be very tough for the young players to play England this weekend. It's not it's not very pleasant, is it? You know, it's it's hard to learn. There's very little space, very little room. If you're finding yourself under the posts all the time, you know, trying to unscramble, you know, the, the kind of the mindset that you're in in that moment to think clearly with clarity and cohesion is really difficult. And we're not good enough at the moment. And so, you know, it's tough. It is tough, but you do look at that Italy side. I thought they were well drilled. Their passing was crisp at pace. It, you know, Fiona, they, they were exciting to watch. Yeah, and there always have been exciting. And I think Lynn Cantwell like, was spot on as well this weekend or when she was on TV, she came across and basically said, you know, we're, we're all saying it, but these guys have played in the World Cup together. They've built up those partnerships. They've made those errors, you know, in numerous matches early in the training games before the World Cup. Ireland, this new team hasn't had the chance to, to build up those centre partnerships, be it through injury or, or just forming these new guys coming into it so I suppose it's it's Italy have their style of rugby and when they're good they're really really good to watch it's very similar to the men's you know um, uh, Ali Touchner but like Rigoni will possibly do anything at all in any place she wants to do it across the <laughs> across the pitch and it's, it's really good to watch but they've built up that confidence in themselves and their coaching staff have obviously let them play and said look you make those errors and and they and things have come good for them I I think another thing is probably Italy weren't even w- too happy with their own performance. They have another bit in behind them. I, I know um, a friend of mine was talking to Giada Franco and she said that they weren't happy with their performance at all. So I think both teams, Ireland and Italy, have a lot more in them. But Italy just looked a little bit more structured, a little bit calmer on their ball. And I suppose their ability, especially to get the, the ball into the hands of the back three and create that space and, and attack those outside channels Ireland haven't found a way to do that yet. I think, and I just say as well, the thing about Italy that we do not have, and we haven't had for a number of years now, they've got a, a style, a DNA. You, you, they know how they want to play rugby, yeah. And even if a player or two changes, it's like muscle memory for them. This is how we're going to get the ball in Stinker's hands. We're going to play in this way. We don't have it, and we've been prevented from developing it because things keep changing. And the team keeps changing and players are coming in and out. And that seems to be happening annually now. And so we, we've we not had the same time to build up, regardless of the World Cup, which I agree has been a massive benefit to Italy and Wales in particular. Um, so, so we don't know. I mean, if someone said to me, how did this Ireland team play? I'd be like, don't know. I'm not really sure what kind of stamp they have on them yet because they just haven't been allowed to develop. And I hope we're not saying that again next year because I'm frankly kind of sick of saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fiona, do you think it's important that we try find our style? We build on that and if players leave or, you know, there's new players coming through that they just add in seamlessly. Yeah, and I think, um, actually, we were talking about last week and, you know, obviously I was saying that I was excited to see, you know, I'd seen little glimpses in defence had improved, especially for the first game, but I was really looking forward to seeing 
um, us on attack because I, I, I thought, as Ali alluded to, we'd have more possession and more territory at times. So I was looking forward to seeing what type of style attack do we want to go from touchline to touchline? You know, are, have we big ball carriers? So I think at the minute Ali's right, but I think a massive um, thing that's not happening and I don't know why is gain line. So we're actually not getting over the gain line, be it in our footwork into carrying, maybe the big ball carriers aren't getting over, maybe other team's defences have come on loads but because we're not getting gain line I think in our in our attack everything is going out the window and we're not seeing exactly how many phases we like to do or or where we're finding space so I think this time next year the coach and staff will have a longer time together um Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll we'll be playing in tier two and we'll have a bit of (laughs) and we'll have a bit of rugby you know uh, against Japan or a couple of other teams again and we'll start to see you know these players really coming into their own and seeing the likes of Briggsy or Greg Stamp and and you know we know how the men's team attack and I'd love if we had the same for our women's team that players could come in come out and as Ali said it won't it won't make a, a huge difference because they've already trusted each other and the process is in place just on that Fiona on the on the game line is that mm-hmm. something that you can do coming up to the next game or maybe the Scotland game is it something you can improve now rather than we're looking to, to next year like you as a coach is there anything that you yeah. go in and change yeah, I think we're, I think obviously I'm not an Irish coach, but I think we're very narrow in our carries and we're, and we're going direct rather using our footwork. So I'll give you an example. Um, A couple of years ago, people spoke about Josh van der Fleer and he's too small and, you know, he was very direct in his carries and it was the Leinster style of rugby. We saw when they, when they carried, they carried hard and got over the gain line. But Josh actually changed up his footwork around that area and he was able to find soft shoulders and get to that outside. What's happening with us is when we get a little bit of um, gain line, I find, and it's not a fitness thing because I know all the girls are, are, are fit, I find... And it could also not be a coaching thing, actually. It's just a natural thing. We're getting narrower and narrower in our carries. And defensively, teams, your internal defence and the nearest to the rock, that's where you're strongest because that's mm-hmm. where their links are much tighter. So I think we need to start maybe looking at attacking a little bit wider and using our footwork because our back three, and especially this back three that's starting, uh, sorry, back row three, um, they're not the biggest. You know, Darty Wall would be a, a big ball carrier, but these three, but their footwork and their elusiveness is really, really good. So we need to be able to get them into that space and find ways um, of the nine attacking that outside shoulder. Mm-hmm. Ali, if what that makes you, sense. Yeah, absolutely. And Ali, what do you make of that? Is there any improvements that you would like to see being made for the England game? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know where to start. <laughs> I think, and I bow to your coaching knowledge. I mean, I think against England, look, where do you start with working out how you, how you play England? You know you're going to lose the game. Um, you know, you, you know that you're going to be defending for long periods. You're not going to have the ball. Where are England strong? Well, everywhere, but particularly they'll have looked at our lineup and thought we can pick that apart. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they have a brilliant driving mall, which, you know, they've, they've gone to a bit less this year because I haven't really needed to, but they can. Um, I think with a small back row, you've got to try and slow them down a little bit as much as you can. England come around the corner so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's, it must be... It must be, you know, we've I've never played at this level, but you know, when you get up off the ground and you've just hit, you know, four rocks in a row, 
and the ball's about four metres away. Got a soul destroying. And I think if you watched England play Wales when they were down to 13, it felt like Wales were down to, it felt like England mm. the other way around. It felt like um, the other team ha- had less players. So I, I think England has come around the corner so quickly because the speed of their rocks is phenomenal mm. that we've got to try and slow it down as best we can, you know, getting those players over the balls, back row that you mentioned, Nate Jones as well. Um, and just doing our best to simply get back on our feet and, and fill that pitch as, as much as we can. And I know that's very simplistic advice, but, you know, this is a team that are, are going to beat us by by quite a lot. The other thing I'd say is they're going to be under the post a lot. I think it'd be really interesting to know how Nicola Friday as captain is going to approach that. Is she going to, how, how what is she going to say to the team under the post? Because they're going to be there a lot. That must be a really interesting captaincy challenge. Um, do, do you go tactical? Do you go motivational? What styles? You know, I just find that fascinating. And I'd love to ask her afterwards when the dust has settled how she approaches that. But, um, you know, it's, it's a tough mindset to go into that match that when you know you're going to lose heavily. A really tough mindset. Yeah, I was thinking about that before coming on to the show. Neve Briggs, she spoke earlier in the week to the media and she said, you know, they were frustrated not to have got the win against Italy that the outside noise has been draining and they're just focusing on themselves and how they can improve. But as a coach, Fiona, that must be a very tough situation to be in at the minute. Yeah, it's it's really tough because you're, you know, first of all, you're delighted that there is this kind of presence on the women's game and that people are watching you and you're at that high performance level and you're getting to compete with the best. But on the other side of things, you know, I suppose I've said it before, but the game has been neglected here for years, previous years. So you're trying to build these girls up with what you have there and these are the best players in the country that's available. They're picking the right people, bar a couple, which we've talked about before. But in general, I've watched these players play all year round. So it's very, very hard. But I think the key is, and it might be a stupid thing to say, the thing is, as a coach, is you have to, whether they, be, you have to make these players believe that they're, that they have a chance of winning. And I know it's England, but as a coach, you have to get it, tap into that mentality because there's nobody play, should ever play in a green jersey and think that you're going to lose a game. Now, obviously there's statistics and there's everything outside it, but if you can get into that mentality and build them up, it's going to be absolutely massive. And if she, they, those, you know, Briggsy, Greg, they're completely taking the focus off the players in those media conferences and I think it's a good thing I think these players need to be these kids because a lot of them are kids need to be left to find their way I don't doubt any one of their ability it's about getting that cohesion now and they need to find how they're going if they're going to lose how they're going to build themselves up so if this is a hundred scoreline which people have talked about I don't think it'll be quite that high but I'm the optimistic person always but if they it's about the next game so it's it's getting their character to believe that look this is what we're doing buy into the process of how they're going to play but also they know there's going to be a knockback coming they have to the Scotland game is potentially the biggest game in a long time for Irish rugby so they have to have the ability to bounce back within six or seven days so I think taking the pressure off these players and and you know saying look we're focusing on ourselves especially for this England team I think it's the right thing to do but they've got to get them in the mindset that you know people are talking on the outside but that they're learning they're getting better keep telling them that they're getting better you know show them little bits of areas that they're improving but also 
So they have to look at the players have to take ownership. I've seen them play. They're not playing their best rugby either, you know, mm-hmm. and they and they will. They When it comes good, it'll click. And I think it was Dervla, Nick Vard that said, you know, they're, they know they're not clicking. But when they click, it's going to give them such a huge boost. And when they start putting these phases together in the 22 when they score. I think they are just lacking that ability to believe. They, they, they're they saying, we believe, we believe. But when it actually happens, I think that's when you honestly go, oh, okay, we can play good rugby. And I think if they can get moments like that in the England game, going into Scotland, something will have clicked in the mentality. Yeah, it's that mindset shift, but it is very difficult to have that off the, the back of the defeat. But as you said, as a coach, you need to be the one that's telling them it's possible, you know, to, to change your performances around. Like listening to the Ireland captain as well, Ali Nicola mm. Friday, she spoke yep. earlier in the week as well. She said, like, reading some of the comments that we are disappointing our country, you know, that's very hard to take as an athlete. And some of the stuff being said, she just said, is frankly ridiculous. And it is it is ridiculous and it, it, it should yeah. never be the way that players read comments like that they're going out to do their best and at the moment it's just not happening but it doesn't mean that it won't happen it's just a process you know yeah I mean I, I absolutely felt terrible for her watching that um, I felt really sorry for the team and I felt really angry for them as well but I think what you're seeing there happening is uh, you know Fiona and I were talking about it before we came on air because you got a bit of stick in the last few weeks too. <laughs> I think what's happening is there. there's a big spotlight on the women's game. We're moving into this pro era. And so everything is being scrutinized. But I, I just would urge the players, like social media is just not the place to be looking in when you're losing games. And I know it's hard to avoid it and it's easier said than done, but it's such a distraction for them um, to hear all that negativity because there's always going to be negativity online. I haven't seen those sorts of comments in print or, uh, you know, in broad, what I would call kind of credible voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredible voices aren't saying things like that. But um, I did find it really hard to watch. I found her hard to watch as well when, when she got upset after the, mm-hmm. after the first game. So I really feel for her, you know, going to reach into the television and give her a hug <laughs> um, and tell her that no one, you know, no, no one who knows what they're talking about thinks that or feels that. But um, it must be pretty tough. And, you know, hearing that they've all come off Twitter or social media, Briggsy saying the same. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rotten. Um, I wish that they weren't the only people on camera having to say this stuff. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I hate to do you know, I, I hate to bring this back to the RFU, but like, I think it's disgraceful that the only thing we've heard in this disastrous Six Nations campaign, which is what it is, are, are the players and they're the only ones fronting up. We've had unnamed spokesperson quotes left, right and centre. If we don't hear from Kevin Potts, David Nussifora in person at the end of this competition, I, I just think it's dereliction of duty to the team. Um, it's not fair. Why Why is Nick having to be asked? Why is Fiona, mm-hmm. why is Fiona Hayes, Jen Murphy and Senny Nupa getting criticised for not you know, solving the problems in Irish rugby. It's not their job uh, to do that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, sorry for Nicola. She's a really good player. She's having a great competition, by the way. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Sam Monaghan next to her. Mm. Nick Avard, I think I, I love watching her going forward. Mm. She's just brilliant. Um, and they're being let down and it's not fair that they have to front it all up. But look, we are where we are. Yeah, we are where we are at the minute. Hopefully we do see change soon. The Women's Six Nations show of Vodafone, a proud supporter of the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Fiona, it is time for your team of the week. Do you want to take us through? I will indeed. Um, so, you know, I always like to include an all-Irish player in there, even though we've had a few um, losses. 
So I started off with uh, in Loosehead, Linda Zhugang. And look, I, it's just to show that the scrum in particular, I thought defensively she's put in the big hits. We're not seeing her carrying as much, but I thought a lot of a lot of kind of heaviness is on her shoulders throughout the game and she's playing most of the minutes in the match. And I just thought last week, you know, she's in there, she's scrummaging um, and, and like she she originally was a toilet, she's moved over to loose. And I think she's found her trade and she, she's really improving that scrum. So I had to get her in there um, Kelsey Jones for Wales I th- just thought I know another player on the losing team I just thought her um, line out and Wales's line out in particular has been really really good and just even her carrying around the pitch has been excellent so we've got a lot of hookers I think in the competition who are absolutely immense around the park and probably we don't see enough at, at line out time of them and I think Kelsey Jones has been nailing her line outs and she's been instrumental in, in how their line out is going Sarah Byrne I could pick her every week any day she plays she's absolutely amazing for England and she's just she's like um, a back row or even you could even say she's like a, a 15 in a in a in a props life so she's doing damage and her scrummaging over the last couple of years as well has come on massively she's just absolutely solid for England um, for Lani for France Look, or she's just another player that's really kind of stood up and and has been huge. And I suppose with Zoe Alcraft, you can't. I, I'm like she moved to back row. She's that hybrid type of player when England needed her to go to back row, and she's back in second row last week. And I thought she was very good as well. Um, Kabea. So Ali, Ali, talk a bit more about these players, but she's just stood up. You know, you you had Sarah Hunter retiring. Poppy Cleal got injured. You know, Alex Matthews was out for the first few games, and I know she's probably been lighting up the prem, but she stepped in that very first game and just and was excellent. Sarah, Br- uh, you know, um. What's her name? The the English captain that was there. Uh, my head, Sarah Hunter, retired. <laughs> For, I know. Forgotten she already. She only <laughs> retired last week. That, that's what I was going to say. She retired. And it's like they just have that like chain of back rows that come in and do the business. And they've built up their second rows to be able to switch around. So I thought she's been really good. And in, loose, in the loose in particular, she's been her footwork around the park has been excellent. Marley Packer, she does it week in, week out. She's, she's making massive hits and she's she's carrying the hard yards I think Ali touched on it a bit earlier she's one of those players that knows exactly where her nine is putting the ball and she's getting round the corner at speed and is just getting gain line every time in every carry um, I had to say Giada Franco I thought she her work rate against Ireland was really really good and I think anytime Ireland especially off the back of the scrum she shut things down very quickly I thought the Italian back row in particular were very good at doing that Ireland got absolutely no change at, at scrum time when we carried off the base um, Bourdain for France you know you could say her every week uh, as well she's just so so good so quick and you know we, we look at it you forget about her crisp pass and, and how good she is at that time because you're looking at her in the loose and she's a support runner for, for France all the time she's on the inside shoulder the outside shoulder she's she's like a back row as well in her tackle ability she gets up off the line she puts herself in that line from the backfield especially when, when she's defending 10 15 meters out um i went with holly h sin am i saying that right is yeah, that uh, i'm good um she's just been really like she's just been on the money for England mm. you know at the start of the competition you were thinking Roland they had a few injured players you were thinking I know she's been there and, and come in in a few games but her kicking game has been so so good for England and she's varying up the attack she's definitely one of the standout players for me for, for them so far and 
you know, there was a lot of chat about, you know, England and their mall, but she's demanding more of that ball as well, I think, off the line outs. And, and she's getting her centres and her backline involved a lot more than we would have seen in the past with this England team. They're bearing things up. Um, I went with Dinka. Look, um, her footwork, uh, she done damage to Ireland, definitely out in the wide channels. I just think her footwork, her dancing around player, she's the ability also as a winger to put people into a space. She's just an all-rounder and she hadn't played the week before and I think she came back with a bang this week against Ireland she was very very good um, you cannot have a team of any week without Gabrielle Vernier from France at 12 uh, standout player of the tournament so far her her defensive skills I'm talking about week in week out but she, her offloading game this week was so good she's out the back popping it and she's just getting herself involved in everything and she's one of France's key players and I think she'll be huge in that game against England because defensively as I said she's immense as well Um, I had to put in Beatrice Ragoni in there as well look probably against Ireland she'd probably say it wasn't her best game herself but it's what I see her doing off the ball when I'm looking from the outside and how she's controlling that back line. She is constantly chatting to those around her. She's getting everybody in place. As I said, she'll kick from anywhere or she'll run it from anywhere, but she has the ability to do that. She's very rarely smashed. Her footwork just gets her around that tackler and she gets yards in every carry. Um, Abby Dow, what a game she had last weekend. She was so, so good. Jess Breach, I have to call out, had a great game as well. But I just, we, you know, she scored, she scored some really good running tries from for England. And Claude McDonald, I, I'm delighted to see that she's on the bench again this week because she has been so, so good. And I think England as well, they're just lucky. We've Dow in there and, and they can just produce wingers as well with the ability to, to come in and come out. So they get to change their back three. And look, Emile Boulard for for her friends she scored a hat trick so we had to we had to have her in there um she has more in her as well i think um she although she got that hat trick i think she's probably the last couple of games she's she's been getting better and better and coming into it and we saw what she done i think it was two six nations ago she has ma- magical feet and i think the more games she's coming better and better especially in attack what a team absolutely what did you make of that team ali would you make any changes yeah, well, I hate to say, first of all, unfortunately for us, uh, Claudia McDonald starting. So her, her and Dow on both wings, I think that's best. That's England's oh. two best wingers. Yeah. Um, straight into the team. I think, um, yeah, hard to argue with that. I think the only ones I had in my mind were, uh, I thought Hannah Bottomman was very good, Lou said. Um, my Irish player was actually Niamh Jones, which I know when our lineup wasn't perfect is unusual, but she was so good, mm. so good everywhere else. Um, I just think she's she's class and so I had her in there um, I thought Duca the second row was very good against us um, so I had her as well and Escudero what a great eight she's turned out to be you know for France she was very yeah. good um, I think Rigoni what wasn't her best I do love and adore her as you can probably tell because I always try and talk about her um, but actually I think Menage it was her first very good game at 13 mm. she you know again we were talking about this beforehand she's a winger and always in the shadow of her sister a little bit hasn't really lit the world up at the centre yet and was good I thought very good uh, at the weekend so I had her as my 13 but other than that yeah great team um, there's always a position isn't there where this one year the strength and depth. I remember one year every single number eight was playing unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this year it seems to be Hooker, but um, yeah, great team and uh, yeah, lots of players we're going to face this weekend in there. Yeah, it's not an easy job that you have each and every week, Fiona. 
No, and, and and you know what? Sometimes I think in the last few weeks, Verdier has kept it easy there at 12 because she's mm. been outstanding. And I, I, it's just really hard because you're obviously looking at your own players as well. And I remember doing this last year and you had two, three, four in it. But just watching the likes of England and France, sometimes I can't justify putting in um, a performance from one of the Irish girls because they're just so good and so clinical. And, you know, Neve Jones has been so, so good. I think she had her first missed tackle um, last week, I think the stats show, and she's up around the 40 mark. She's had 40 mark uh, plus tackles in the three games, and that is absolutely huge. So, have only missed one tackle in that. So, she is so, so good in the loose. I just love to see if we can get her more in her ball carries and see her more on the ball defensively. She's immense. I think Ireland need to find a way because she is someone, and she's very similar in, to Kleena Maloney in that she has this small kind of stature but she can burrow her way in and she's physically strong so I think Ireland need to get her on the ball a little bit more and I think it's hard because when she's coming from a line out you know we've had a couple of hours where we've turned it over our scrum time by the time she sticks her head out and gets up there's probably been an error already so she's someone that is would be on my chart every week only mm-hmm. Kelsey Jones is definitely a player I thought stepped up massively for Wales yeah, big time. And we'll have a look now at the Six Nations table as it stands. So England on 15 points, France 14, Wales 10, Italy 4, Ireland and Scotland yet to pick up points. And looking ahead then to this weekend, Greg McWilliams, he's made three changes to the starting 15 for the round four encounter. Vicky Irwin and Molly Scuffle-McCabe come into the Ireland back line and Brittany Hogan, she's replaces the injured Dorothy Wall in the back row. It's Ireland versus England in Musgrave Park. Kickoff is at 2.15pm on Saturday. Fiona, I suppose this is two teams at very different stages of their development. Yeah, absolutely. Look, both teams like England are going to be fully focused. I've no doubt about that. Um, in the back of their heads, you know, they're English. They're going to be thinking, I'm going to go out and put a lot of a lot of points on this team. They're going to be going for it, and which they should be the best teams in the world do that. So they're not going to be taking the foot off the gas. They've put out, like, obviously, Sarah Byrne, I think, is on the bench, but they... They, there's a lot of chatter I read online that they're saving like the, as we'd say the bomb squad the, the substitutes to come on and absolutely put the foot down when it, when it's coming to those 60 minute mark when, when players are getting tired so look they're going out looking for whatever they can get they need to build massively going into this France game they know France are, are the team that they have to beat so they have to be able to put in a, a good performance and I suppose with those players as well Ashleen you're, you're trying to get on that team. You're trying to nail... Your, they have so much competition that if you don't go out and do your job, someone will walk in, not a bother the next week. Obviously, there's stairs like Packer and stuff like that. But I think the front row and second row, there's been chopping and changing them with injury. You you players that step up. So every one of them, I think, are fighting for their starting spot and they all want to be playing that France game. And look, Ireland are on the different side of things. I think it's, it's actually interesting. I'd love to know, and Ali might have a thought on this, with Vicky, Irwin coming back in obviously France caused huge damage to her every time she got the ball I think it was Vernier was absolutely hammered up in her but she's been playing in the Premiership so I think it says a lot that maybe they've put her in there and that she's played at that high level in the Prem and she might I'm not saying she will have more space but she might have a little bit more space than she did against France or they might have her sitting a bit deeper but I I, I feel like her being in there is really good because she's got that kind of knowledge from the Prem I wasn't sure 
Anna McGandon, you know, well last week. And I suppose since Enya has gone, we, we've been crying out, who, what have we got? What 12s we have? And she, she'll get another chance to show herself. But do you think Ali playing in the Prem is a reason why she's put back in again? Yeah, and also, you know, you see from the Welsh team, for example, the benefit that they get from playing against those players week in, week out. So it can't, uh, it, it means she won't be as daunted. I'm not saying the others would be, but she's, yes. she's played against these players. She knows what, you know, she knows what's coming at her. Um, and I think that's a really interesting point about the experience of playing in that league. So, you know, I was talking to a few people this week and they were talking about Lynn's comments again on telly where she talked about it being year one. And they said, oh, isn't it the same as Wales? And I said, well, the big difference there, of course, is that they're playing in that league. And so it's not really mm. comparable. So, yeah, perhaps I think not being as daunted, having the experience playing against these players um, will be a help. But let's see. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ali, England, they just look so impressive at the moment. They put up massive scalps on teams. Have they gone to a new level? Um. I don't know. They, they, you know, remember that we've only ever beaten England twice in our entire history. <laughs> you know, they're they're an excellent team. They have been for a long time. Um, but they beat us mostly comfortably. If you go and look back at the scores over the years, they've always been better mm-hmm. than us. I think it's fair to say there's lots of reasons for that, and we and we know about that. Have they gone to another level? I think it's impossible to judge because the standard that they've played against at the moment so far since the World Cup hasn't been anywhere in their ballpark. We maybe we'll find out a bit next week. They haven't been tested. I mean, the big concern for them, I suppose, is that France will probably be tested more this weekend than they will. Mm. So that's why they're picking such a strong team, right? Because they're going into this huge occasion at Twickenham, 50 plus thousand world record crowd, huge moment for them. And so they want to be, they don't want to be rusty. Um, so so I think I think that's it. So have they gone to another level? I don't know. I don't think anyone can really answer that for you. They've certainly been trying to play differently. I think you make yeah. it really well about Aitchison. Uh, she she brings something very different to them. She's not, she's not always, she doesn't always play 10. And so, so she's obviously not got any kind of preconceived this is how I play for England mm-hmm. and she's played the game differently for them and they've looked all the better for it um, yeah but but they're outstanding I mean they're just a phenomenal team with amazing depth and the coaches are heading away at the end of this tournament so there's nothing to lose For Ireland how do they go out and approach this game Fiona they definitely need to be I suppose more clinical when they have possession they had a lot of possession against Italy but just didn't really use it right yeah, and look, it's it's. I'm not going to be big. I'm not big on cliches, but I think they need to control what they the controllables. So they need to get their line out fixed. Okay, they that ha, that has to be a non-given. Whether it's in and up straight away, I don't care if they're only jumping at two. But they every time that they if they can get penalties, or they need to be able to go to their line out and they be, need to be able to hold on to possession from that because that's an absolute coach killer when you when you turn over the ball like that. So they can control that. I think defensively, I would imagine we saw it in patches. So they, they are bringing the line speed up a little bit. The connections are slightly better. I'm seeing squarer hips. We were slightly turned, I think, in how we were defending. I don't like that. I think you need to be square up and connections on both sides. So that, that comes with people feeling each other out and how do you defend and knowing when to push and knowing when to stay. And I think they've had a couple of games to to really learn off that, especially that 10-12 Bicky Irwin coming back in now again in that in that twelve thirteen channel. Um, it 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 will be it will be another change for them. Um, so they'll have to that will have to get tighter. If we're beating out wide, we're beating out wide. I just don't want England coming through us like a lot. So chopping, I think we've got to start chopping them and and fanning out in the line. Go after that ball, but let's not get caught in the rock, you know, because that's how we're beating out wide. So there's little areas of the game that they'll go in and focus on themselves. And I suppose. 
Ali was saying they mightn't get the ball in the 22 but if they can get into the if they can get into that 22 if they can get up the line and even if they have a line out Dana boots them up the ball I think they need to be patient I need to think they need to relax a little bit and really look after that ball because they, they aren't looking after the ball when it comes to crunch time and that's the main thing and it's not true you know oh my god that was terrible it's like tiny individual errors so everyone needs to be sharp you can see the heads dropping straight away they do not mean to drop that ball it's just part of the game of rugby but it, it's it been happening a little bit too often inside in that 22 so that to me is a kind of a mindset thing mm-hmm. so they have to have that killer mindset when they get inside that 22 all in it together we're holding on to that ball we're looking for the holes and, and working really hard to get a nice shape into those areas I think as well they've got to come out of the game with, with some morale boosting moments so I think what what actually matters to me in this game is the first hour because you know that England will pull away in the last 20 they're too fit too strong their bench is too good you almost write that off but remember, I was up in Leicester last year when I watched Ireland play England we lost 69-0 but if you remember that game mm. people weren't that despondent because we'd done some really good things up to mm. half time and we'd actually kept, I can't remember the score it might have been 10-0 half time or something like that yep. Um, am I, if I'm right, that's incredible recall because I had about six points at that game. <laughs> so that's pretty good. But I, but I think because I was watching in the crowd as a fan, and I think I promise I, I wasn't sitting in the media box. <laughs> um, but I was up with some friends, and I think you know for Ireland. They probably, I don't know if they can kind of practically say this to each other, but but where we are in the 60 minute mark and how we've performed up to that point, that to me is kind of what matters because that's what they'll be able to take into the Scotland game. You don't want to go into the Scotland game completely demoralised, crushed, you know, everything went wrong throughout the whole thing. You need something to hang on to. And we had that last year, even after that massive scoreline, we were still able to go into the next game. And obviously, you know, we won that last game against, against Scotland. So they need to come out of it you know, you've got the tactic talks, but for me, it's like, you got to come away going, yeah, it was bad, but geez, we did some good things in that first half or that first hour. So I, I think that's really important. I might turn the TV off after 16 minutes. How about that? <laughs> we definitely want certain moments of improvements. Exactly. That's probably what we'd be happy with coming away. You know, an overall performance that was that was pretty solid. And looking at Musgrave Park, then Fiona, they always are love to play there. It's always a good atmosphere. Great atmosphere down there. All the kids we saw it in the last game. Um, I was up in the studio, so we weren't down there. But like all the girls stayed around and were signing like balls. We saw Grace Moore. I think was on. You know, she was on Twitter, and this little girl had drawn a picture, and she went over and met the little girl. And it's just, it's, it's those little moments. And the reason why that's so important, Ash, is because you want these girls to want to grow up and know oh, I can play in Musgrave Park, and they see these players. You're not going to remember what the score is when you're younger. You just remember the atmosphere, and you remember what what these players are doing and what they're putting on the line with their bodies so it's huge down there and look it's been a great place for the 20s as well in the men's game it's the people at Cork they absolutely love rugby they, they'll, they'll come out and anyone who hasn't got a ticket they're still available let's get out and get the support behind the girls they're throwing it all on the line out there and I think you know people respect good rugby and, and it's good to go and watch England as well they're a nice side to watch and see exactly how they play and obviously we're striving to get up to that level but but to be able to see it in front of you I think it's good for everyone and as I said if, if the sun is shining down here be a great day <laughs> this is it Ali the supporters have a, a big part to play in it as well yeah and I feel I get the sense that there's a lot of sympathy and a lot of support behind the team I, I know Nicola talked about some of the criticism but I think in the main the people who will turn up to the match will get right behind the team and they'll accept that 
we're not in the same ballpark as England right now. Hopefully we will be again in the future. Um, so hopefully they can enjoy it. And, and in a strange way, there's no pressure on the team. They're not going to win the game. They're just not. And no one expects them to. And that's okay. So I think, you know, whenever anything good happens, you'll probably hear that crowd get right behind them. And sometimes when you lose a game, you don't always get that. You know, people are sort of annoyed or people are disappointed in the crowd. But I don't think that'll be the case this weekend. It's not Scotland. It's not Italy. It's not Wales. They're not games that we're kind of tense about because we're expecting and we need to win. So, yeah, hopefully they get right behind them. And obviously Cork's the best county in Ireland. So we're, <laughs> oh, oh. we're best to play. <laughs> yeah, hopefully there's a massive crowd in Buzzray Park on Saturday. Well, thanks for joining us today my thanks to Fiona Hayes and Ali Donnelly we'll be back at the same time next week the Women's Six Nations show with Vodafone a proud supporter of the Irish women's rugby team we all belong to the team of us see you then The Women's Six Nations show on Off The Ball with Vodafone a proud supporter of the Irish women's rugby team we all belong to the team of us